Welcome to the Covenant Life Church Podcast. We hope this message allows you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So this morning, we're going to jump into part three of what if. What if. Now, these questions, please understand that they're somewhat rhetorical, right? Don't get offended over the question. I'm not accusing, but I am wanting to kind of challenge our thinking this morning, challenge us in our spirit, in what we're doing. So today, the what if, it's part three, it is what if we believed the Bible? What if we believed the Bible? And I know you're looking at me like Pastor Rob. You know, I believe the Bible. I'm not saying you don't, amen. (laughs) But let's just get through the message and let's see what the word says, amen. You know, so here, here it is. When you read your Bible, what if we believed that the Bible was true? Like the, that I'm reading truth. What if I read each scripture as being not only factually true, but as the truth? Not a truth, not just a historical fact, but as the truth. Or what if I spent my lifetime marginalizing the Bible only to find out that the Bible was true and it would have radically transformed my life here on earth? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Amen. What would change in my life if I believed the Bible? What would change? Now, I realize I'm talking as far as I can tell, right? I I know 99% of you, I'm talking to believers, amen? All right, but let's just walk through this and and lay some things out. I remember as a teenager, um, I I went to youth group. I had a youth group that I attended. And I remember in youth, we would do this uh, drill where back then we didn't have Bible on digital, right? It was all good old, you know, paper Bibles. And so we would have these scripture drills where the youth pastor would give a scripture and we'd see who the fastest one to be able to find it in their Bible, stand up and read it. Anybody ever do that? Amen. And so I remember I got my first youth study Bible that was for youth, right? I got that. I won that in, in, in youth one night because I won the race, I was the fastest one to get to the scripture, stand up and read it. And and I won this Bible. I'd show it to you today, but it's somewhat disintegrated um, to this point. Amen. But I remember those times. I remember walking with my youth pastor um, and everywhere we go, he had this book. It was called God's Promises. Anybody remember that? It was leather bound. They have, you know, God's Promises for marriage and God's prom- This was the original God's Promises that listed all of the different subjects in the Bible. And you had promises that were attached to, you know, whether it was healing or whether you needed peace, you know, and would have the scriptures. And everywhere we went, he carried this book with him. And, and everywhere we went, the challenge was, is could I find a scripture reference that he didn't know the scripture to. And I was hard pressed to find it. I mean, I used to meet him at 5 a.m. to go lift weights before school and we're lifting weights, doing reps, and he's calling out scriptures. In the club, we're memorizing scriptures. We're walking through the mall, flipping through, memorizing scriptures. We're riding in the car somewhere. I'm opening it up. We're going through the word. 
Like that, that was part of what was ingrained in my life was the importance of knowing what the word says, committing it. Listen, memorizing is, is important, but it wasn't just memorizing, it's meditating. And we had talked through a scripture and he says, now what does that mean to you? And I'd tell him what I thought and then he would give his, you know, like we would work through that. But the point is, is we were reading the Bible and putting that into us. I remember uh, when we first started dating, I don't know how long it was um, before we started doing this, but um, we would call each other before school. Now, again, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have email. We didn't have text. We didn't have any kind of social media. That wasn't around. It was the good old phone. And in my room, it was a phone with a cord. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one of those slinky cords that was like 20 feet long. And we would wake up, we'd set our alarm, we, one of us would call each other in the morning, and we would read a chapter in the Bible together. Now that sounds super spiritual, right? The problem was, is that many mornings we're half asleep reading the Bible, you know what I'm saying? Like we weren't up, sitting up studying, we're laying in bed and we're reading through the Bible. But the point was, is that we're trying to employ spiritual truths of putting the Word of God in us. And I think all of us face the challenge of the word of God and am I investing that in my life? Because the word is seed. And am I sowing that seed into my life? Am I putting that in me on a regular basis? Am I doing something with that? And so why do you say all that? Because it goes back to what if I believed the Bible? You see, because if I believe the Bible, then I have to value the Bible. If I really believe that it's true, and I believe that it is the truth, then that brings a demand upon my life, right? Or do I marginalize that? So why would it be so important? Well, let's read in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. He says, this is the Lord talking to Joshua. Now, he's talking to Moses. He said, if you read earlier, he said, Moses, my servant is now dead. I'm turning things over to Joshua. And this is God's instruction to Joshua. And he says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Now listen to what he says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And your first response may be, I, I agree with that, Pastor, but that's also, he's talking about the law. We're not under the law, right? If under the law they were expected to fulfill the word, how much more under grace should we be walking in the truth? You see what I'm saying? In other words, in, in the old covenant, yes, it was the law, and they were to meditate and put that in them, but I'm going to show you from the word, that hasn't gone away. The principle of putting the word in me so that I live it out and walk it out has not changed, and grace doesn't wipe that away. Grace is not an excuse for you and I to do nothing and expect God to do everything 
Jesus has already done the work. He's done the heavy lifting. He's overcome the enemy. He's purchased you and I. There's nothing we can do to earn righteousness. There's nothing we can do to earn his love. I'm not talking about that. But if I want the benefits of what the word produces in my life, then I have to walk in it. It's the principle. And it's not a legal principle, right? There's grace there. Well, grace is strength and ability, right? It's not only favor, but it's also strength in my life. I've got the Spirit of God in me, and I've got the, the, the resources, if you will, in me to be able to read the Word, understand the Word, have revelation of the Word, and do the Word. So it's important because why? Our lives actually depend on the Word as a believer. They depend on the Word, right? Your whole eternity is dependent upon whether the Word is true or not. Oh, well, I just don't think God, I, I don't mean this wrong, but it, really nobody cares about your opinion. I know that's a strong statement, and I want it to be strong. I'm not fussing at you. It, God doesn't necessarily care about my opinion. It's not my opinion. My salvation is not rooted in and founded upon my opinion. By opinion, it's rooted in and founded upon what? The truth of the Word of God. It's not the denomination. It's not the overriding, you know, what everybody says. It's what does the Word of God say? Listen, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Now, remember, he said, listen, I'm no longer is it going to just be this legalistic or, or words written on a tablet. He said, but there'll be a time where I'm going to write my precepts on their heart. Right? And he's speaking to the covenant, the new covenant under which we live. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house, which now would be the doorpost of your heart, and on your gates." You say, Pastor Rob, that's, that's Old Testament, it's Old Covenant. The Bible says that things were written in the Old Covenant for our benefit. He's given you the plan right here. Why? Because the Word is necessary to our lives. Psalms 119, 105, he says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. His word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. His word is, is illuminating and telling me where to walk, how to walk, where to step, where not to step. Amen. He's given us his word. He's given us his truth. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, what do we renew our mind to? We renew our mind to the word. We don't renew our mind to tradition. We don't renew our mind to the, 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 the church denomination beliefs. We don't renew our mind to man. We renew our mind to what the Word of God says, to the truth. We're renewing our mind to it. Why? Because it brings transformation into our life. 
If you have an area of your life that you're struggling in, what is the way that I'm going to deal with it? Well, number one is I can speak the name of Jesus, but number two is, is I've got to renew my mind to what the truth of the Word says so that I can over, under, overcome, not undercome, but overcome, amen, whatever it is I'm being challenged with. If you struggle in finances, the Word has a lot to say about it. Right? If you're struggling in your marriage, the word has a lot to say about it. If you're struggling with, with just your mind itself, the word has a lot to say about it. There's truth in the word. It brings transformation. Ephesians 4.23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's a renewing. It actually changes the way we think, and it actually will begin to change the physical properties of your mind. And that you put on what the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I cannot put on the new man if I don't know what the new man looks like. I can't do that. Another reason the word is so important is because it speaks to the entirety of our lives. Listen to what the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, a young pastor, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Many of you know the scripture. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. It's given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable. Everybody say profitable. It says for doctrine, Right? So the foundation of what I believe for reproof, right? For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now listen to that phrase, instruction in righteousness. What it means, not only just the concept of righteousness, but actually living righteously. It brings instruction in righteousness, Right? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, he's talking to a minister, he's talking to a pastor, Timothy, and he's saying, listen, this is the foundation of the word of God in your life. This is important to you, but it's also important to the people that you lead. And it's profitable for them. Why? Because all scripture was inspired by God. It's God breathed. Or it's as God moved upon the hearts of men to write and put down in words. You know, we, we look and we hear different arguments about, well, different translations and all. Listen, I understand some things can be mistranslated. But over the course of time, the Bible has remained pretty much intact. It has weathered the storms. Go do research on how many times that the Bible, they tried to eradicate it. You know, Hitler tried to burn every Bible. He tried to eradicate it, but he couldn't. There was one man that spoke against the Bible and said that it would be eradicated, and then they turned around years later and used his house for a printing press of the Bible. There is no book like it. There is no other book like it. A book that was written over a span of 14, 1500 years, depending on the scholar you talk to, with 40 different authors. But yet it has a unity. It has the blood that goes all the way from Genesis to Revelation, the blood of Christ. Jesus can be found in every book of the Bible. Redemption is found in every book of the Bible. 
The themes are common. The, the continuity is there. And people want to scratch their head or get all caught up over one little thing that in their mind doesn't line up. And so we'll ignore the other 90-something percent that does line up. There's something about the book. And it's not just a historical document, even though it is still one of the most trusted historical documents ever written. And they didn't sit down together and have a meeting on how to write it. One person wrote their part this year, and another person wrote their part 10 years, and another person wrote their part 100 years later. It wasn't all a, a big meeting to make it sound, but yet it still flows together, and it still produces truth and life and redemption. The story of Jesus Christ. So we need to understand the, the importance and the value of the Bible in our lives. But here's the deal. It's only effective if you receive it properly. So let me read to you 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you, you get that phrase. So right now, you're hearing the word of God from me, right? Not at me if you agree, right? I'm reading to you from the word of God, all right? It says you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. So when I'm giving you the word, Pastor Rex may give you the word, Pastor Kevin may give you the word, whoever gives you the word it's not the word of men. It's not you have to decipher that. I'm usually pretty open about when I'm giving you my opinion, right? But right now, I'm basically walking through you, walking through with you scripture. And it's up to you how you receive that. But if I don't believe the Bible is true, if I don't receive it as the truth, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, in my mind, undermine the truth of the Word of God based on my thinking, based on my past experience, based on my opinion. And then I, don't, then I may wonder, why doesn't the Word work for me? Well, I want to ask you, how do you receive it? Hebrews 4.2 says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. And you say, well, Pastor Rob, why does it seem to work for that person and it didn't work for me or it didn't work for this person? We're all sitting in the same sanctuary right? So the question is, is how do you receive it? Do you receive it as the truth? The undeniable, the unshakable, the unmovable, the unbendable truth? Or do you receive it filtered by your thoughts, your experiences, right? Or what somebody said that you watched on TikTok for 30 seconds, and all of a sudden they're the greatest scholar on the face of the earth. Come on now. I, I, I'm, I'm, I get amazed. Number one, who gets on there and thinks that they're something? And number two is the people that believe it and they know nothing about the person. 
That person could be, you know, shacking up and smoking dope and, you know what I'm saying, stealing from wherever and then get on there and give you a theological rant. That, that doesn't mean anything. All right, I'll leave that alone. But y'all understand what I'm saying. That's why the Apostle Paul told Timothy, he says, you've known my manner of life. Right? It doesn't mean you can't receive from a book or you can't receive from online. Listen, don't turn it off, but this is more than a 30-second clip. Amen? <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not demeaning that. We can receive things, but there has to be consistency there. Does that make sense? There has to be consistency. I thank God for digital format, but there has to be consistency depending on what's coming across. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to quantify that because I'm, I'm not against any of that. I'm for it. Amen. So Psalms 119, 160. He says, the entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. The entirety of your word is truth, right? The entirety of your word is truth. And I already read to you, 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable. And then Numbers 23, 19, the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Amen. So that's encouraging. That means I can trust the Lord. I can trust God. I can trust his word. I can trust the truth. Now, here's one more point that I want to make. Is that you cannot separate Jesus from the word. Right? How many of you ever run into somebody that says, I love Jesus, but they don't live the word at all? Like, I believe in Jesus, but, but they don't really believe the Bible is the truth. Anybody know anybody like that? Amen. I know it's none of you. Amen. Just, that's why I'm asking. If you know somebody else that's like that. Okay, so let's read John chapter 1. 1 through 3, it says, in the beginning was what? The Word. Okay, and then the Word, the Bible says, was with God. And then it says, and the Word was God. Right, and this is all in the beginning. And it says, he talking about who the word was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. And then do you drop down to John 1 14 and it says, and the word, everybody say the word, everybody say the word. I'm still hearing them. I'm not hearing you. The word. All right. I'm just making sure I was just checking my ears for a minute. I thought I lost stereo. Um, so it says, was the word, right? And without him, nothing was made that was made. It says, the word became flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory and the, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. And then Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. He says, I'm the truth. So you can't, you can't take your Bible 
in one hand and put Jesus in the other and separate them. I mean, you can, right? But it won't work for you. Jesus was manifested, the word of God manifested, right? And everything that he did, everything that he said was from the Father. It was God's word. And so if you and I are going to love Jesus, if we're going to believe in Jesus, then we have to understand that the Bible comes with that. Because without the Bible, then Jesus isn't who he said he was. Are you listening to me? See, all of that truth is found in this word. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And so when we read Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and active. It's powerful. The word of God is alive. It's not simply historical information that I read. It's not just simply something that I'm taking in for historical context or to develop a philosophical framework. No, the word of God, when I receive it as the truth, when I read it from that perspective, then the word of God becomes life to me. The Bible says that he sent his word and healed them. The word becomes health to me. The word becomes peace to me. The word becomes a foundation for me to stand on in the the midst of life's storms the word becomes victory to me the word becomes the, the being able to be an overcomer in life is through the word and understanding and walking in the truth of the word walking in joy comes through the word listen the spirit of God is at work in you as well but he's working through the word he's working through the truth he's called the spirit of truth Jesus said he would guide you into all truth so the spirit of God doesn't even operate outside of the bounds of the word of God so when you get some weird idea and you can't find it in the scripture it's not from God amen so as we wrap up here let's look at some questions are you ready okay buckle up if I believed the Bible, right? That's our question. But here's the questions that go along with it. Would I change the way that I live my life? Would I change the way that I live my life? If the Bible tells me how to live and how to live successfully, right? And how to walk in all the things that are freely given to us in Christ, would I change the way that I live my life? Question number two is, would I spend more time reading my Bible? Would I spend more time reading it? If I believed it, and I know that it holds, right? God, the Bible says that God's given us everything or all things that pertain to life and godliness, and it's through his precious promises that we're partakers, the Bible says, are sharers in his divine nature. So everything about God is in his word, and he says, I get to participate in that. Would I spend more time reading it if I believed it? Would my relationship with God be any different? How do you evolve in relationship with someone? 
You evolve in relationship because you spend time and you have what? Dialogue. You communicate, right? One of the number one reasons marriages fail, lack of proper communication. Right? Relationship breakdown, communication. What I communicate. So my number one way to communicate with God is not me just unloading all my problems on God. And it's not me begging God. You begging God to do something about your situation is not the most effective way to see it change. Not when God's already given you an answer for it. So what do I want to do? I want to receive. I want to hear from him. I want to know. He's written his word so that we know more about him. Then that word put on flesh so we could see what God looked like. And we can experience what God looked like. And then he gave us his spirit. So what God looked like in his power and his glory would be on the inside of us. And then he would guide us into the truth of the word so that we could continually grow and mature in that. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. All right. Next one. I got two more questions. You're not off that easy. Y'all know I'm just kidding, right? Okay. It says... It says, this is the question, would your relationship with people be any different if you believe the Bible? Would it be any different? Would your relationship with your children be any different, your spouse, co-workers? Some of you may be like, I don't even know the Bible spoke to that. Yeah, it does. And then the last question, would the way that you see this world be any different? The way you see the lost, the way you live life and see life in general, would that be any different? Again, I'm just posing the question. I'm not answering for you, but I believe these are important questions we should ask ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life just constantly running through the same things and nothing changes. And I go to church and I, 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 I sit at church and, and I serve and I do this and I do that, which are all wonderful things. And we should. But at the end of 2023, was anything different in your life because of the application of the word? And if... There's two responses to, I mean, there's three. Yes is one. There's one that says no, because I, 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 I'm, I'm good enough. <laughs> yeah. And then the third one is, is no, because I didn't apply it. And I, again, I, I'm not getting, I don't know. And you say, well, Pastor Rob, that's a little, you know, I'm not trying to be harsh but I don't want to be at the end of this thing and you say, well, Pastor Rob, you never said anything. You never told me. You never challenged me in that. Amen. So this isn't meant to, I don't, don't leave here today feeling all doom and gloom. If, if you are not applying the word or that's a challenge to you today, listen, let the Holy Ghost help you. God's not mad at you. This isn't a thing where God's up there going, I can't believe they don't read my word. You know, like he's not up there mad at you. He understands flesh and he understands what we walk through. But that's not a perpetual reason. You understand that? That can be a temporary reason. 
Anybody ever went through a time where you just didn't pick up your Bible? Anybody willing to admit that? Amen. I'm not condoning it. Amen. <laughs> I'm just saying different people go through different times. Amen. God loves you. He's for you. But he's given us his word to do something with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. We are so excited that you joined us today. For more information, go to myclc.church. Have a great day.